habit and routine often seem to carry a lot of luggage with them, <laughs> right? Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Mike Horn. Mike Horn, PhD, is the author of Integrity by Design, Working and Living Authentically. He helps leaders and their teams bring their best in every situation. An accomplished global executive and expert in authentic leadership, Mike opens doors and possibilities for personal and professional change and growth. Mike's work helps leaders to build trust, open communication and make strides in their accomplishments. Mike is the host of the Authentic Change podcast. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Mike Horn. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining me. I nearly called you Mark then after having said your name was Mike. (laughs) Thank you for joining me, Mike. (laughs) I'm glad you repeated my name three times, so that's fine. (laughs) Um, You know, in the air, um, that... um, it's something I take no offense to. No. Usually, I find myself sometimes in rooms where there are where there is more than one mic, but yes. certainly, yes. usually not someone like me. So, um, I'm so glad to be able to join your podcast, Joe, and to uh, engage in uh, the discussions around counterpoints and careers and authenticity and integrity. I have a new book launching on May 11th. Integrity by Design, Working and Living Authentically. And it's a blueprint for people who want to be able to bring more of who they are to what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the book, I um, go back to three references that Jung, the Swiss psychoanalyst, made. And the first is that you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. And I think there's a, you know, a lot of wisdom and we can go down a lot of paths uh, around exploring that topic about what it means for my personal, my intimate, and my professional and organizational life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's what you say that do that, ma- uh, that matters. It, it's yeah. what you do that matters, not what you'll say you'll do. And his second observation was that um, the greatest gift in life, and I'm going to paraphrase this, uh, is the ability to become who you are. Okay. And I think many people, when I've asked them, when we've done some polling in a recent uh, webinar that I did with uh, Bev Kay, the author of uh, Love Him or Lose Him and many other books on career development, um, people, people tend to say that, oh, I can be more authentic. I can be my, um, 
more whole self, my more complete self when I'm at home and not at work. So I just wonder, you know, what's on the table there, particularly for people who want to lead in a way that makes a difference and that values participation and democracy, some of the things that I'm all about, which are often antithetical in organizations. And yet, if you can find uh, uh, leaders to know, know that all creation, all value creation is accomplished through uh, people, then it's so important to focus on these relationships. So that second point, again, of, um, you know, the, the greatest gift of lifetime is to become the person you are. Let's see what we can do with that to you know, integrate that. And the third point that Jung made is that you can't do anything about uh, any of this unless you're willing to accept where you are today. And I, I think maybe that's, uh, those are three pathways, uh, you know, having listened to uh, briefly to some of your podcasts that, you know, where we might find an intersection. And um, <laughs> I'm reminded of uh, uh, when I say the word intersections of something that one of my mentors said is that all intersections in life can be improved. And that's another story. We can get into that. <laughs> Lovely. So tell us, um, you've started to tell us a bit about obviously the book and, and um, some thoughts around that. Tell us what, what you do and, um, and where you do it. <laughs> right now I'm leading the human resources team for the research division of Gilead Sciences which has been uh, an amazing company, uh, antiviral company. And uh, they've, uh, we're in the news recently with remdesivir treatment, uh, potential treatment for coronavirus, but a company that made a difference in HIV and hepatitis C and certainly other uh, disease areas. So leading a team of HR folks in that organization really had a, a strong corporate career with lots of marquee companies on it and also um am now a coach um to leaders who are aspiring to lead and work authentically or maybe you know in other words to make the complex a little less overwhelming <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and where are you based i'm in the san francisco bay area in the east bay in a town okay. called pleasanton california <laughs> Lovely. Excellent. So one of the first questions I uh, ask my guests is, is how did this all come about? So sort of what, what's the backstory to, to what you're doing now? And you're obviously doing two sort of related, but different things. We were talking just before we came on about mm. uh, portfolio careers as uh, those of us right. various unrelated things <laughs> we use, but uh, tell us about how you got to where you are now. My interest uh, as a young child was in how people mediated disputes. And I'm not sure of the origin story about all of that. I didn't have, uh, you know, I wasn't raised in a stressful home. <laughs> but I got uh, involved early on as a teenager, as an early teenager in the United Farm Workers Lettuce Boycott and had the opportunity to uh, meet Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. So labor management relations was uh, an, an interest of mine because I thought that out of all the muck that exists, maybe there was always a way for people to find some harmony. And I guess maybe because I was in an environment that supported the healthy development of feelings 
then that idea about creating harmony just made sense for me. And I think that's where my path has taken me, whether it's been as um, a corporate executive or a consultant to significant corporations uh, trying to do uh, um, great things with great people in yeah. bringing you know more of who they are to what they do so maybe that's maybe that maybe that is the backstory maybe that is the uh origin story mm-hmm. uh, you know and i have a you know i think a lot of us and i wonder if you do joe you you think about brand and you think about personal brand do you think about personal brand you know going back yeah. to this like portfolio careers and what what does that mean for you i'm i'm curious i mean good you know, I think one of the things as I've talked with people about the Mike uh, Horn brand is to understand the differentiators that are there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, do I think about um, personal brand? Yes. Um, would I have thought about it if I wasn't already in business? Probably no. Right. So... You know, I, I think about brand because I have a business. Would I have thought about myself in like when I had a corporate career and all that sort of stuff? Did I think about it in those terms? Probably not. I mean, I I probably worried what people thought about me, but I wouldn't have seen sure. it in that way. I don't think. Hmm. And so interesting. And I just want to pick up on uh, that because for me, you um, touched the heart in saying that. Of course, you think about brand as a business person, may, but maybe not in that context. We do care about what others think about us. And that, you know, if if authentic leadership, which is where my coaching practice is built uh, to help individuals solve problems more effectively and help them improve their relationships. I think it might be summarized in two bullet points. The first is that in order to make a difference, you have to care about it. If you don't care, then, you know, nothing's going to happen. And secondly, then maybe what underscores that as well is that you have to be willing to put in the work. Yes. And I think that can show up in all kinds of different pathways, you know, regardless of whether you're in some corporation or you're working in the public service or you're working in the third sector or some other ways of thinking about it. I think all of us, and that's what authentic leaders bring to uh, an organization, to a team, is they they have a value system that places uh, dignity in the individual, that mm-hmm. respects the individual, that values the differences and includes those differences, um, and works in ways that are, create equity within the systems that they engage and are part mm-hmm. of. So when you say do the work, what what do you mean? What is the work? What do people need to do? And does it differ depending on if you are in a, a, a corporate role or run your own business or or don't do either of those things? A couple of ways from that I think about that, I'm curious as to how you might uh, engage with me on this topic is I grew up in an era when people used to talk about work-life balance and you know, all of us knew that that was just nonsensical because there was never, is there, there is never balance. Sometimes your personal life, your family life, uh, it takes over, it uh, consumes the space that you have. And other times it's all about work. Um, so 
you know, the idea that you can balance those, I don't think it really works. So then we move to the whole concept of blend, right? Can you create a good blend, a good mix yeah. that facilitates the, you know, expression of your talent and your creativity and your purpose. So I think that it, for leaders, it is built around those kinds of principles. What do you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've just gone off on a tangent in my head to the point where yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I th I think um, so. Pete, we obviously we're all a combination of everything that we experience. I agree with you. Sure. Work-life balance thing. Um, I don't call it that either. I call it integration because I don't think you you want it to be balanced anyway. Because certain things. Right. Are, are important at certain times um and and you need to sort of you know act accordingly rather than trying to get it all you know even and the same because that that makes it quite a boring sort of life um and that i, I mean what well, you talked before we came on that um you were asking about when the end of my working day was and uh -huh. i was saying how odd i am in that i have a very um strange um sort of day daily schedule which i've talked about many times on the podcast you know i'm a night bird i work quite often right. late into the night early morning and i get up late in the morning and i don't start doing sort of work with other people until 11 12 o'clock and all that sort of stuff and it's because over years i've got to know myself really well but and 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 i and i feel i have the um ability the opportunity to to, to craft my business and my life accordingly um which we don't always have. And also I didn't have, I, you know, I, again, I've talked before about how I used to work quite late in my corporate jobs. I'd be still at work and everyone else was going home and I'd stay in the office till eight or nine o'clock at night. And I thought I was a bit of a workaholic um, or, you know, disorganized and didn't get everything done in the time I had available, et cetera, et cetera. I now realize it's just because I was getting a second wind to my focus time when everyone else was going home, you know, it was my focus time. And I didn't know that, but I do know that now. And so, you know, I, I shape my business accordingly, but of course in a corporate role, I wasn't able to swan around for three hours in the afternoon doing no work, ready for the fact that I was gonna do right. in the evening. So I think so much of our lives and what we do and all of this stuff is about self-awareness. Uh-huh. And, and use of self as an maybe agency, an as you said. or mm -hmm. agency or agentic mm -hmm. behavior. But so, I mean, it's a, what I, what I wanted to do was, I mean, I think all of that is the uh, background to the question that you asked uh, around, you know, separation, authenticity in the personal and the professional life. I mean, given that it is a blend, you know, our choice is really to, and back to the Jung, uh, Jung's view, it really is to, um, you know, choose the path. And how do you do that? I mean, how do you do that in teams? How do you do that in your intimate relationships? I, I think it begins by uh, building trust. And you know, I, I used to have a belief that, you know, trust goes in so many ways. Some people believe it's freely given. Others believe it's earned. Uh, but what I do know is that you have to work at it. Uh, mm. It's not something that I think you can leave to chance. When I talk about integrity, I mean, I think about integrity as the notes that accentuate our lives and the choices and the decisions and the challenges that we have. And I think about uh, 
authenticity is really the the tempo that we have uh, throughout all of our seasons and uh, integrity gets tested all the time not all of the time but in you know for many it gets tested you know I talk with somebody and they say hey is it okay to tell a white lie at work and I don't like that term let's let's use another term is it okay to um, tell a um, Hmm, a small truth at work. And that person would say, well, no, not if you want to build a trust in uh, a trusting and trustworthy uh, relationship with others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there starts our question about uh, integrity and what it means to act with authenticity. And to, mm-hmm. um, so as a first step, it's really thinking about uh, trust. Um, it, it, it's about working on communication that isn't guarded and cautious, but that tends to be more open and transparent with people uh, and yourself. It's about stopping, listening, reflecting. Um, it, it, and I, I think when you improve relationships, when you believe that you're in a relationship with somebody that is of value, it changes the whole dynamic and improves the outcomes. And it makes people willing to do more Mm. Yeah, do more. I'll just leave it at that. Not do more at work, not do more for you, but to do more. So how do we how do we sort of be authentic? How do we be honest and how do we be the person we want to be, need to be, and all that sort of stuff when society and stuff around us doesn't always make that easy? Well, bad systems always trump good people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the uh, you know in the U.S., I mean, not only the lingering effects and the legacy of racism, uh, but its continuing impact and how it stratifies our American society—it's pretty deplorable, you know. And we have to make new choices about how we promote. Um, as a society, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion, and where are the places in which we build those kinds of communities? We do them in the places that we work. And I'm not talking about, you know, just mega corporations, but I'm talking about the communities uh, of work that are so fundamental in most modern economies, the, uh, the, the companies and groups of two people, of 10 people, of 20 people, and 40 people all who have a ability to behave in ways um, that operate out of a strong moral and ethical foundation and uh, use a belief in the self in order to create and to make the difference and not only to yourself and that pursuit of uh, becoming who you are and bringing the best to every situation, but uh, it uplifts communities as well. Mm. So remind me of those three um, Jungian um, <laughs> those observations that Jung made. Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, the first is uh, you are what you do, not what yeah. you say you'll do. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> the very, second is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and I'm going to paraphrase, the greatest gift in life is to become the person you are. Mm-hmm. And the third is, in order to make, uh, you have you have to accept where you are in order yeah. to make a change. Ah. Yeah. yeah, 
Okay, so so the, the 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 actions speak louder than words. Thing is the first one, which is so true. The amount of people who say they're going to do things and then don't. <laughs> yeah, right. There's integrity. Yeah. You know, and we could even think integrity. You know, as you, as uh, we define it, um, sometimes it's helpful for people to think about integrity meaning a whole cloth, right? It's 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 the canvas. Um, you can think about it in terms, if you're an engineer, think about it in terms of structural integrity, you know, things hang together. Mm -hmm. But what um, we know that when we act authentically, and maybe this is what distinguishes is we have congruence in our words and actions. Yeah. So the second one about the sort of becoming the person we are um, is sort of does that imply that we can't be different to <laughs> we can't make changes well uh, yes we can make changes <laughs> and um yeah. you know what what i would think is that you know borrowing and borrowing an environment that is utterly hostile right to development then the answer to that question has to be yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think that's why many people, uh, many uh, uh, authentic leaders and aspiring authentic leaders um, have uh, crises um, it, it, because it's coming to terms with who you are and who you aren't. Yeah. I'm just thinking though that, you know, there are some people who appear to be not very nice people. <laughs> oh, can you be an authentic jerk? <laughs> Sure. So, so do they just make peace with the fact that they're not very nice or do they try and be nicer i suppose is my challenging uh -huh. question uh -huh. <laughs> well you know for me i say we need to work where it matters right that uh part of uh this and i learned this from my colleague daria funches is that when we're in these coaching relationships as we are with people who are aspiring to transform, not to just have more information on how to be a better manager or a better leader, because mm -hmm. that's really, that's already available, right? We're talking about the process of transformation. You have to show up as a coach. And you know, for many of your listeners, home-based coaches, is um, what, what Dr. Funches identified was that you have a gift of presence that, that you bring. You are able to discern, and this is to your question, uh, about, you know, or our conversation around authentic church, you have to bring discernment, you have to know what's working, and what's not work. And um, then the third thing you bring to a situation is hope, uh, a, a belief that a new order is possible. So I think when you know, are there authentic jokes? Sure. Um, and uh, where I choose to work is to work out with folks who have a, a basis in humanistic values that they want to see others succeed that they know that uh, their success is linked to their relationships they have with others and that that those relationships drive engagement and mm -hmm. drive productivity and drive positive organizational outcomes mm -hmm. and positive yeah well, i used to think that um you know most of what we did with folks was um to reduce their suffering, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> to make the world, to, to, to re, to reduce some suffering so that, you know, as a leader, as an executive, I can get through the day and I can, you know, bring uh, 10 people along with me or 
you know, a hundred people are along with me or a thousand or more uh, people along with me. And I have a, I, I've come to believe now that it is not the, about the elimination of suffering, but it is about increasing happiness. What we know about people who are congruent is that they have, they're generally happy people. So you know, back to authenticity, mm-hmm. uh, when my words and actions match, when I feel in sync with, you know, who I am and who I am becoming, then, uh, I, 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 I'm not talking about the kind of happiness that comes with, you know, finding a new lover or, um, the birth of a child, that kind of happiness. I'm talking about sort of the day to day sustained happiness. Mm-hmm. And the research is quite clear on this, Joe, that, authentic people are general authentic leaders are generally happy people and people like to work for happy people mm-hmm. i mean yeah. you've where you've been in situations right where you're not working for happy people yeah oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and it's that whole thing we talk a lot when i'm um talking about employee engagement stuff about and i think it's come out a lot in the last year through the pandemic and that whole bring your whole self to work piece mm. you know and that's that speaks to that um you know integrity or authenticity piece that people you know are much more aware of the real life of people that they work with that they may not have been in the past because it's you know we've gone into people's homes haven't we all the time on our zoom calls mm. and things. sure sure <laughs> Yeah, 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 and so, it's important. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. Please. So, so the third one was about um, was that effectively self awareness type stuff? Remind me. Hmm. Uh, I can't I th- hold three th- things in my head at once. Obviously. <laughs> 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 well, um, authentic leaders know their agency. If we want to call that use of uh-huh. self, I think that's a great way to um, think about it. Mm. What I might think about, you know, drawing from social psychology and uh, other disciplines, but particularly from Lewin, is that the best way to understand a, a situation or a system uh, or a person is to try and change it. I mean, you know, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that particularly comes to systems, right? When you try to create change, you can see why uh, uh, bringing justice uh, to race and other um, in other areas in the U.S. is because we can't seem to, uh, because when we try to change, the system is structured in so 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 many ways that create unfair and unavailable opportunity. Mm. Mm. So we've talked sort of a lot about the philosophy of of what you do, and 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 I guess you sort of touched on some of the things from from your book. How do you actually work with people? What what does your week and day look like particularly as you're balancing two sort of different parts of your career right so for me the primary focus right now is on teaching and mentoring and that's what i was doing in my uh corporate role was teaching and mentoring even though it was is leading a human resources function Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. i work as a teaching a teacher and a mentor and look for uh seek platforms uh, to help people be their best in every situation and to encourage their prosperity. So practically, um, it, maybe this is, you know, not, um, 
the approach that I use, and it's just one of many approaches, is to um, help people to solve their problems more effectively. And to do that with folks in, you know, short-term bursts of three months or so, certainly with an eye towards uh, different work. But I think that the, the reason for, you know, working with people who want to solve problems more effectively, I'm attracted to goal-oriented people, people who want to close the gap between um, what, you know, back to Jung, uh, what, um, what they're doing and what they, you know, say they'll do. I want to work with people who are who want to close that gap, who want to increase their authentic leadership behavior in an organization. So that typically means for many busy people around solving problems more effectively, which yields to an outcome around improving relationships. So I work with people to improve the relationships they have um, with different parts of their worlds and then uh, really work towards um, encouraging and um catalyzing that growth movement. So a lot of it's around, you know, getting people to tell uh, different, uh, you know, to create different alternatives, uh, to explore, you know, issues, not from just the lens that they currently hold, but from some alternative lenses. Mm -hmm. um, if we can get people to tell um, three different stories uh, uh, of how, you know, of stories they carry around about relationships at work or uh, that are precluding their best, then you know, it gives people an opportunity. Also, a lot of this is about just uh, teaching people how to uh, listen to learn. Yeah. And so is that, do you do that one-to-one? -one? Are you doing that through Zoom at the moment, um, like most people? Zoom, <laughs> or <whatever>? Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so how, what do your days look like? How do you organize yourself? How do you make sure you get done what you get done? Well, today's a really interesting day for me because uh, I am talking with you, which I'm so enjoying to have an opportunity to uh, be on this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working on uh, my uh, own podcast, interviewing a guest today. Uh, my, my podcast is Authentic Change. And then I'm working with a client on uh, and uh, his team on the blueprints, some of the blueprints that are in integrity uh, by design. And uh, late in the day, I'm working with um, uh, a, a, an organization that's working on created, creating um, uh, kindredness in organizations. So I'm going to explore that with them and what oh. that means. And I don't know a whole lot about that. So that'll be a learning opportunity for me today, which is always great to build in some learning each day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you organize yourself sort of technology wise or process wise? Do you use technology or are you one of my pen and paper people of which there are many? <laughs> Uh, I live in the Bay Area. I live, uh, you know, in the heart of Apple and Google and Silicon Valley. I'm very technology enabled. <laughs> a Google Calendar fan? Uh, my Google Calendar fan? I, I, unfortunately, I'm a Microsoft Outlook uh, fan. Uh. And, uh, so, but uh, yeah, Google, uh, Calendar, yeah, they all work. Yes, yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I sort of threw that in because generally probably 90% of my guests are sort of pen and paper for calendars interestingly because i'm not um and then the rest talk about google calendar but it's interesting how few uh 
solopreneurs, a few people who work um, on their own actually use um, Microsoft, given we all at one stage used it. <laughs> and right. certainly when I started working on my own, I, I still used it um, until I, I got enticed away to Google. But um, different organizational features, yeah. a lot of corporate yeah. clients are on Outlook systems. Yeah. I mean, it just Yes. Yeah. Certainly, when I meet um, corporate clients, it's it tends to be Teams rather than Zoom. Teams. Oh uh, yeah, Microsoft yeah. Teams. Yeah. Right. Yes. Which is better now than it was, to be fair. <laughs> uh, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So, what about keeping yourself well and energized for the work that you do? How? What sort of things do you do to look after yourself? Yes. So I am. Um, I take a seven mile hike every day. Uh, so that's one thing I do. I start my day with um, uh, uh, a seven mile hike. And then usually I'll do some rowing. I'm into rowing right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll do some rowing. So my day starts pretty early, you, you know, maybe at 4.30 in the morning. And uh, I work on my wellness. Uh, uh, and then I'm in the office at 10.30. Wow, that's and I just go so yeah I'm, I'm laughing about the fact that sometimes I might even still be awake having not gone to bed by the time you get up and um and also how much exercise and the like you must be able to fit in between 4 30 and 10 30. <laughs> right you, you can you know there's some um, usually uh you know I build in some time for some reflection uh early as I get some caffeine going and it takes me about an hour and then out yeah. the door. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. the beauty of living in the Bay area. <laughs> yes. so I'm Pretty also nice weather all year round. Yes. I'm also intrigued. You talk about seven mile hike. Is it the same route? Is that how you know how long it takes or do you just go three and a half um, and then come back? <laughs> yes. That's a great question. Um, I vary, uh, but I'm right now. I just uh, recently read uh, Atomic Habits. Yes. So I have been repeating my uh, an identical route with uh, a mantra and then stacking some habits. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm really just uh, I'm on a desire to do something in a three month fashion. Yeah. That should really be consistency in practicing. Uh, you know, stacking that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, w was habits and routines, uh, were they something that you naturally did? Or has this come about because of the book? I mean, obviously, you've developed it further with that book. But is it something that you've seen as important in the past already? Habit and routine often seem to carry a lot of luggage with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> they sound like things I might want to avoid. <laughs> and yet, um, let, let's take this back to leadership and authentic leadership um, because there is a relationship and uh, you can see that in the authentic leadership literature. Uh, and Behavior that is patterned and predictable yields some comfort and authentic leaders will engage with others in ways that increase comfort, right? I mean, back to what we talked about before. I mean, that open trust pathways that uh, favor uh, open, 
uh, open and frequent communication as opposed to closed and guarded communication. So I think there are pathways that get right at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting saying they sound like they've got lots of luggage with them. It's um, routine. Yeah, they do, right? I mean, and yeah. I, I, it's, you know, do um, I have, you know, it's not for me so much keeping the to-do list. It's what you do with yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they can, you know, it can be, you know, so freeing, but also could seem to be so the opposite, depending on, I suppose, your, your view, but I guess it then comes back to your, your first thing about you are what you do. <laughs> and so right. you have to make sure you do stuff. <laughs> right. And, you know, we talked about calendars uh, earlier. Uh, one of the things that's always guided me is that for a coach, or you know, for the home-based consultants uh, in the audience, uh, the thing that one thing that keeps you honest is your calendar, mm. or it should, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about learning and developing yourself? What sort of things do you do? Obviously, you read books, or you certainly have read one <laughs> recently. <laughs> <laughs> I do read books. Mm. Uh, I'm a book fan. Yeah. Um, the book that I just finished is by a UK author. It's called Solo. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Who wrote that? Uh, it's just terrific. Uh, um, it's uh, and would be ideal for many home-based uh, consultants. She, um, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me right now, um, <laughs> but it's a it's a great little book and. Uh, a lot drawn out of the experience of uh, the past year in the pan pandemic, uh, right. working solo. Terrific book. Ah, okay. I'll have to check that one out. I'm just seeing if I can quickly see it on Amazon, but not. Yeah, right. I was wondering about that. Yeah, solo. I think Rebecca, I can't remember her um, surname right now. I was going to say, making, um, searching with just one word is never quite helpful, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if solo Rebecca. Ah, oh, Rebecca Seal, is that the one? Right, that's it. Ah, oh, here we go. Perfect. How to work alone and not lose your mind. Right. Subtitle. Ah, oh, that sounds that sounds good. Kind, realistic, and genuinely helpful, said the observer. So that sounds good. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I have Yeah, terrific little well. book. Um, mm. really helpful, I think, for home-based uh, uh, folks as well. And uh, you know, in terms of um for example, I mean, one thing I'm doing in my own learning path right now is practicing some new habit formation. So I've been uh, you know, doing this on my hiking with some stacking yep. uh, that I'm doing in order to build some new uh, practices that I hope uh, Im improve my splits and any number of things. So for people so, who haven't read Atomic Habits and aren't aware of what hmm. habit stacking is, what, what does that mean in real terms? Um I think you find this uh, also in the Duhigg book, uh, yeah. and uh, which is by taking very tiny, tiny, small behavioral actions, and uh, and adding those to certain routines, you build habits. Yeah, and you so build. You be, uh, yeah. Let me yeah. think. Try and think of an example. So, um, I know that. Um, if I want to go outside every day for uh, a hike, and uh, this uh, not not the not what I'm working on, but the most important thing is having my shoes next to my bed. Yes. And then you, you know it's having uh, the coffee on, 
you know, yeah. so I can have a shot of espresso with it. So it's making sure that all of those uh, uh, behavioral actions, you know, yeah. can occur and you stack them and then build yeah. the reinforcement yeah. loops. I was thinking about going to bed in my workout gear so that I'd get uh -huh. to be able to go walking without uh, creating a load of yeah. barriers. <laughs> yeah, people do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know. I, I, I haven't followed your first thing, though. I, I've only thought about it. I haven't actually done it. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. So um, those are two things that uh, I'm doing. And the third thing that I'm also focused on uh, is always learning about sales and development. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a continuing, you know, it's a continuing uh, journey in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So last couple of questions. So firstly, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? I have one client who says that, you know, everything goes downhill from the time that he wakes up and uh, positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also had a client once who said, you know, if he could figure out a way to make money without people, he would do it. So I can see how that might be helpful at times. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I'm an optimist by nature. I don't, uh, I, I don't think I'm Pollyannish. I don't, um, um, but I think a lot of, you know, helping people increase their authentic behavior, helping myself, uh, to becoming the person I am is always by knowing what worries me or what concerns me and what can I do to have a better life if I eliminate that worry. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And boy, that can be challenging because, yeah. uh, you know, we bring a lot of assumptions into, as you know, Bob Keegan identified, I mean, we bring a lot of assumptions into the stories that we hold. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's why I think, you know, one technique, uh, I mean, in coaching is again, you know, getting people to have at least three stories about the situations they have, you, you know, they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To have some alternatives, not to be so beholden to the belief that, you know, of course I'm right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to your question about, you know, are we capable of growing and changing? Of course, there's, sort of, there's a lot that conspires against it. Yes. Yeah. It's funny in the spirit of tangents and, and random thoughts, which clearly I have a lot, mm. as I said earlier in the interview, <laughs> whilst I was looking up that solo book, one mm. of the one of the testimonials on there was Gary from Gary Barlow, who you probably haven't heard of, but he's a very famous uh, singer in the UK and songwriter and used to be part of a boy band and all that sort of stuff. And mm -hmm. he said he was going to buy the book because it was like perfect for him. And it was a tweet, apparently. So I read that. You've just said uh, the story, having three stories. Um, right. Situation. And what straight away popped into my mind is he fell out with a band member, Robbie Williams, who you may have heard because he, mm -hmm. he lives in America. And when they got back friends again, they wrote a song together, which talks about three stories, something like, you know, my story, your story and the truth. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you, you mentioned three stories. I'm like still thinking that solo book and I've obviously seen his name go by. And now I'm thinking and singing in my head that song. <laughs> Yes, about the concept of you know the, these stories, but it is it's it, so true, isn't it? That it, I have a view, the other person has a view, and then there's probably the the reality of what really happened without the um, the stuff that we put on top of what we saw and experienced, isn't there? 
Yes. And for me, it takes us right back to the top of our discussion about improving intersections, right? There's mm -hmm. your view, there's my view. And often those seem um, incontrovertible, right? Uh, yeah. That uh, things can't be solved. And what I believe is that we can always find common ground in organizations. It's often just about, you know, looking up enough from your own grindstone to you know, a customer. I mean, who's the customer? Who's, who's, who ultimately are you serving? Uh -huh. And authentic leaders certainly choose service over self-interest. Yes. Yeah. 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 So my last question is those days where you get to live more. And I define that as getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the mm -hmm. stuff that you don't want to do. What do they look like for you? There are days when I, um, have at least one clear feeling. Those what those that's those are what those days look like. The expression of a clear feeling and usually a positive feeling around happiness, satisfaction, mm -hmm. fulfillment, ha having had the opportunity to be of service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said. I don't look for a lot of window dressing other than a nice clear feeling. Yeah, and I'm glad <laughs> you said. I'm glad you said a positive feeling as well. Yes. They, they weren't, it wasn't such a good feeling. It wouldn't be such a good feeling. Yeah. How about you? What's what's what, what what is it for you in that regard? Uh, oh, mine uh, fundamentally is very simple. It's a day where I can just read. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's my fundamental. I mean, I do like, mm -hmm. you know, a bit of nice food and glass of wine or two. Of course. And, and you know, nice interactions with people. But actually, if I... If I had to pick one thing, it would be being on my own reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there we go. Um, it's been great talking to you, Mike. Um, tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Yes, thanks, Joe. Um, the easiest way for folks to get in touch with me is through my website. It's Mike, M-I-K-E dash horn, H-O-R-N-E dot com. So Mike dash horn dot com. And that'll have all the coordinates uh, or many of the coordinates. Uh, and also uh, another great avenue for folks to uh, be in touch with me is on LinkedIn, where my profile is Mike, M-I-K-E, Horn, H-O-R-N-E, one. So Mike Horn, mm -hmm. one. And there you'll find uh, access to my professional profiles and uh, the blogging that I do there and mm -hmm. Uh, lots of different activities. So I'd Lovely. go to uh, mike-horn.com or visit me on LinkedIn, Mike Horn one Brilliant. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much, Joe. I've enjoyed this. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organized and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power 
to live more.